up, everybody? Welcome in to another edition of Cheers from the Press Box. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif, joined as always this week by my man, the Beanie Boy, Joe Dorville. What's going on? What's going on? What's up, man? And we, of course, have our producer, L. Greg. Say hello to the people. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, okay. Here we go. <laughs> Anybody just joining the show hasn't joined us before? We're going to talk some sports, baby. Sports. We're going to do uh, the kickoff where we'll go through, run down some of the major topics in the major leagues. Big topics. Um, then we're going to do the quick hits, which is going to be an array, a barrage, if you will, of questions quick, quick, posed quick. to myself, L. Greg, and Joe, kind of all over. Then yeah. we will uh, finish off with the walk-off, which is going to be a short essay portion done by Joe and myself. Um, we'll talk about a topic near and dear to our heart, something fun, something funny, something serious. Tell you what. We cry. Mine's going to be very serious today. And then we'll end with the press conference. But we're going to start this week the same way we do every week, baby. We're going to kick it off. Greg. Ready to return the opening kickoff. Perfect way to kick off. Here we go. Boom, baby. Kickoff. We're actually going to start with the NBA. Now that the NFL has kind of subsided, they are in their off season. We're going to start leading the show with the NBA. Joe, I know this is your wheelhouse. Oh. Something I really want to bring up, though. All right. Um, after the offseason moves, it seems like the Nets are the best team in the East. Yeah, Brent, I know I know you say that with a little bit of hesitation and trepidation because you keep wanting to say the Philadelphia 76ers are the best I team do. in the East. You do. I see it. I see it in your face. Joel Embiid had a 50-point game this week. Uh, so did Jamal Murray. No free MVP throws. Joel Embiid. Put some um, spec on his name. But the Brooklyn Nets are, I believe, 6-1 and one against the top teams in the league. They just had a weekend where they beat the Lakers, the Suns, and the Clippers in a little bit of controversy. Uh, those are the top three of the top four teams in the West right now. And they did most of that without KD, so it's only Harden and uh, Kyrie. So, Brennan, I think there needs to be a discussion. They're only .5 back of your beloved 76ers. Look, I said the Nets are going to be a roller coaster all season long, and so far they have been. They have not disappointed. But I think they have finally put it all together. In the last six games, they're like one of the better defending teams. So I don't know if their defense just took a little while to get together, but how do you feel with them nipping at your heels? Uh, a little nervous, especially because they won four out of those five games without KD. Uh, I'm... I, uh, it's so up and down. It's just so uh, Kyrie Irving, all the, um, uh, you know, other things aside is a fantastic basketball player. There's no denying that no one would deny that. I honestly thought James Harden would not be as productive as he's been as far as getting the ball to other players. Joe Harris has been great too. Um, I think they're going to go out and get a buyout guy. I know we've talked about this, especially some, some sort of big man, there's a few names that have been floated out there. I just, I'm really impressed. They're the only team, I believe they're the only team in the NBA that has a winning record against teams in the West with a winning record or the only team in the East that has that. Um, Potentially. No yes. way I can fact check that really fast. Um, yeah. So, and this Facts. run that. So Brennan has said it, so it is true. <laughs> but this run that they're on is, is insane. I like the 76ers um, when it comes to a playoff series, and I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to break why. it down for I'll you. I'll tell you why I prefer the Nets. Go ahead. I think Joel Embiid is going to give the Nets something that they're not going to be able to handle in a seven-game series because if they're not shooting the lights out, which, you know, sometimes you hit a cold streak, I don't think – I think – I know Joel doesn't – you know, when he's down in the paint and he's banging bodies – I mean, KD is a, a very good defender, but I don't think he can play with him, man. I just like down in the paint now. Now, obviously, Kevin Durant's a better offensive player, but I just think Joel Embiid would be the X factor in that. Now, I could be wrong. We said a lot of the same stuff about Giannis last year, and they, you know, did that wall defense where it's five against one. So I could be wrong. I just don't think the Nets will have the defense to go against the 76ers. Joe, your argument is? My argument for the Nets is in the playoff, the most important thing is being able to get your own shot, not having anybody yep. set you up, being able to go out, get the ball, and make a play. The Nets have not one, not two, but three players who 
all have that ability to go out yeah, and get their they do, own they do. shot, tough shots, whereas the Sixers have zero, <laughs> zero, zero of those players. Ben Simmons can't hit the side of a barnyard. Joel Embiid could maybe shoot a three if given an ocean of defense between him and the defender, an ocean of space between him and the defender. Seth Curry, you have to set up for him. Tobias Harris... Maybe, but eh, it's about But yeah, so <laughs> the Nets are in a better position in for a crunch time situation. They have players who have proven themselves in that position already. You know what this feels a lot like? Um, and of course, I'm going to bring it full circle back to football. This feels a lot like the Super Bowl where it was. Oh no, they've got they've just got too many offensive weapons. They're they're mm. just too fast. They've got too much firepower. And then Tampa Bay, who had the better defense, and I think the 76ers have a better defense than Brooklyn, came in and was like, nah, we got it. But they don't have to rely on an offensive line that's without four of its starters. That's true. So. No, you're right. I just it's just the way we were talking about it, it kind of brought that brought brought me a I little bit a of a similar joy. feel, I guess. But yeah, um, that's uh, speaking a six game win streak. Speaking of joy, um, we're going to go the opposite because my Boston Celtics uh, uh, Boston collapsed. Celtics. No, they're not my Boston Celtics. They're but you know me, I'm always... Celtics. It's because I'm the white guy. You said it. I was going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, we talked about this last week and we have talked about it in the past, but I honestly thought the Boston Celtics would be competing as one of the best teams in the East and they have collapsed. Over the course of the last few weeks, Joe, what what do you attribute this to? Because I, I talked about it last week or the week before. If Hayward was your fifth option and you bring most of those guys back, obviously not Hayward, but he's the fifth option. You think, well, you've got four great players, but, you know, Kemba's been out. It's been up and down with Jalen. I, I, I don't I what do you think? I, I got no words. Um, well, Marcus Smart is still out. Um, and again, they're just, they're win one, lose one, win one, lose one. They're just teetering constantly. They just keep sitting at 500 where we expect this team to ascend to another height, being that top three, top four range. But, um, I think the issue with them is I was looking at their three point percentage from last year and this year, and they're kind of middle of the pack and they don't have really a go-to three point shooter on their team. They kind of just rely on their best players to kind of do everything, whereas, like, Philadelphia has Seth Curry now. The Nets have um, the Nets have Joe Harris, who they can give it to. Uh, so they need kind of that guy who's a spe- – the Heat, when, you know, when the Heat eventually make it back to where they should be. They got Duncan Robinson, a guy you can count on, be like, hey, we need, like, four or five threes in a, in a nice little clip just get it to him, create space for that guy. They don't have that guy yet. And I think that's the biggest issue. Yeah, I think it's that. And then I, I, I don't want to say anything because Brad Stevens obviously knows more about basketball than I do, but, and he's been so good, but that game, that Pelicans game where they just, what what was it? It was the, the most historic comeback in In uh, franchise franchise history. history. Yeah. Yeah, and Zion looked like a man possessed. The Hornets franchise because they were the Hornets before they became the. I don't know. I think it's in the New Orleans franchise. Just the New Orleans, okay. Yeah, but it. I mean, that was embarrassing. Uh, Yeah, especially when, as Tony Kornheiser loves to say, the Pel. I mean, the Pelicans are like the Phoenix Suns. They're two years away from being two years (laughs) away, and then you just you just, just let that lead slip away. Like you said, they don't have any clutch shot makers um, as far as uh, three point shooters. And I don't, like I said, I don't want to put any of this. I would never want to put any of this on Brad Stevens because he's done so much more with so much less, but I don't know if he's, I don't know what's happening. Um, with I the feel staff. like you gotta, you gotta blame Brad to a degree. You gotta blame Danny Ainge to a degree. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. this team, where this team was positioned three years ago, they should have won a championship by right now. Um, they had uh, a mantra they had was picks and, dra- and cap space. They had all the Nets picks and they had all the cap space in the world. And they haven't done enough to get it. the biggest signing they had. I guess they traded for Kyrie 
And then that didn't work out. And then they signed Horford. And if Al Horford's and your that, biggest yeah. signing in that time span, well, I guess they ended up getting Gordon Hayward too. But Gordon Hayward is not, he's not going to carry a team to well, a championship. I heard, I heard something really interesting about it was um, that Danny Ainge, you know, he took the, the I mean, the Jalen Brown pick was a risk. And same thing yeah. with the Tatum pick. That was, no. so he made those, you don't think that one was a risk? Tatum pick, no. Tatum pick was third in the draft. I thought Tatum should have been the number one overall pick. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Because yeah. I, I heard some speculation that he he was probably going to go a little later. But at least no. the Jalen Brown, we can agree on that. That was and yeah, like the to Jalen Brown. Nobody to make, knew him really coming out of Cal like that. Yeah, and to have the foresight to make those picks, you're like, all right, like they they got something going. But then, like you said, in the short term, they've made such short sighted decisions where it's kind of like, what are we doing? Like mm. the Kyrie thing fell apart. Obviously, you know that was partly Kyrie wanting to get out. The Al Horford thing was a, a, an albatross of a contract <laughs> that they had to deal with. And then Gordon Hayward, it's not on anyone in particular, but he just could not stay healthy. So yeah. it's, I, I think, I, I don't know. Windows are so fluid, especially in the NBA. Um, we saw what happened with Golden State when Van Gundy was saying they're going to win eight to ten championships. We saw what happened with the Heat with the not four, not five, not six, not seven. You know, yeah. those are all roundabout getting you know two to four max. But so, the, the, the thing I uh, the thing I will give those Heat teams and those Warriors teams where they got there. Yeah, every year they yep, got they yep. were in there. If they didn't win it, they were le- losing it. Yeah, at least yeah, at least the I mean the Celtics have only made the conference finals four years in a row, but that's not the that's not the fact. But okay, (laughs) four years in a row. I don't think that's I don't think that's right. Five, four. We'll say four out of five. I know that's (laughs) I know that's right. Three out of five. I'll say two out of five. Actually, no, it's three out of five. I know it's a higher number. First year with Tatum. I think it's only the first year with when Tatum first got there and Kyrie was there. I don't um, think they've made it any other year because I know one of those years. Speaking LeBron of Kyrie and Tatum, <laughs> I'm trying to get out this because I think I'm wrong. Speaking of Kyrie and Tatum, the All Star Game is scheduled. Oh, I was like, how are you going to spin this? <laughs> oh, I spun it, baby. It is spun. Um, what do you? What do you? Uh, you so they're going through with it. Adam Silver announced yeah, they're, they're going to go through, through with the All Star Game. Yes. Um, do you think there's going to be see, a lot of backouts? What's that, what, what do you think happening? Did you see happening? the schedule? That's more or less what I wanted to talk about. No, I did not. Go ahead and break it down. So for the me. schedule. So it's all going to be one day. Yeah, I did know that. Yeah. Coverage starts at 5 p.m. with the skills challenge. At 6.30, we're going to get the three-point contest. Then we get the game at 8. And then during halftime, we have the slam dunk champion, slam dunk contest. Okay. Do you think that could work? <laughs> Because that's no. just so much happening no, in that's, one day. That's too much in one day. Yeah, that's too much in one day. And then day. how is the slam? Because the slam dunk contest usually takes like an hour, if not an hour and a half. Yeah, that's. I think that's way too much in, in one day. But they can't. Uh, they don't really have a choice, do they? I mean, no. Because, I mean, the way they're trying to figure it out, no, they don't really have any choices. But I just don't. You're going to get no player. I can't see any player who's participating in the game. Will they participate in other some of the other events? Because usually, usually those are on Saturdays and they like to participate in them. I believe Jokic, I think he won a skills challenge or got close to winning a skills challenge a couple years ago. Dame said he's going to be in a three-point contest, but it's like you're going to be in a three-point contest and then an hour and a half later you got a game, a full game. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. That's not gonna, That's not going to work. So I just looked it up on basketball uh, reference. It's three out of the last four years. They lost in the conference finals. Three out of the last four, three out of the last four years. Yep. Conference okay. finals last year, semis before that, then conference finals, conference finals. They did play the heat last year. And I guess they did. They didn't who they didn't play Toronto in the conference finals. Did they? No, that that year they lost in the semis. And then okay. before that they won. Uh, conference finals, conference finals. I just wanted to. Who, who were their opponents? Is what I'm trying to figure out. Oh, I don't know. Cavs just, is one of. Okay, I'm just looking at their record. Cavs is definitely. Is Cavs two? I can't think Cavs are two. Anyway, year, let's get. Let's not get too derailed. The okay, All Star game. Sorry. I don't think it's going to work <laughs> because of the fact that it's like you said. It's all crammed in one day. I think people are going to withdraw from a lot of the different competitions, or they're going to withdraw from the game in general. Um, 
which is, I guess is a good and a bad thing. I don't know if they're going to run it like um, the Pro Bowl where if someone withdraws, obviously they have to get a fill-in guy. Yeah. Because when I, it comes to contracts, a lot of the con- almost all of the NBA contracts are based on all-star appearances, all-NBA teams. Pay- I remember you saying that last week. I don't remember if it's all-star appearance, but I know for sure it's all-NBA teams. Yeah, I know in order to get the Supermax, you need to at least make an all-NBA team. It doesn't matter if you're first or second team, but you have to yeah. be on an all-NBA team. Uh, maybe it is just all NBA, but I mean, still, it looks good on a resume to say you were in the uh, obviously an all star. But I think even if they make the all star and were to back out, I think it still counts as you got in the all star game. You just chose not to play. Yeah, that's true. It's almost like an alternate kind of thing. Yeah, um, I, I mean, what we say, Kobe's like 17 year all star, but I think a couple of those he got voted in when he was hurt and didn't play the game, obviously. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I would say he would be one of the top vote getters every year. And then he'd have to, like, gracefully say, guys, I'm I'm, I'm out. <laughs> well, that was the other weird thing, too, was that um, out of a lot of the players that were asked, I guess 316 of them, like, they're, they're, I forget the number, but it was something stupid. Like, out of the player votes, 316 different players got votes out of the players being able to vote. <laughs> Yeah, 316. I mean, the, players, the players are. I don't want to say. Some the of them only vote for their teammates. Some of yeah, them vote say, by some country. Vote for some themselves. of them It's like it's yeah, like yeah. Once the players got a vote, it was like okay, all right, all right, guys. You keep That's, saying yeah. we're bad and the media is bad. You guys you are guys just are the as worst. bad. You guys are just as bad. Speaking I think one year just like Michael Beasley had a vote. Like what? The oh my god, I remember that. Speaking of just as bad, woo. The Minnesota Timberwolves have fired their head football or basketball head football coach. coach. Head, Sorry their head football that. coach. Yeah, they, they're playing the wrong sport, honestly. <laughs> they are. We were wrong. We were wrong. We both thought it was going to be. Um, we both thought it was going to be Washington Wizards. Yeah, we thought uh, it was going to be the Zardos and Scotty Brooks. Yeah, and but it was not. It was Saunders over there in uh, Minnesota. Yeah, Ryan Saunders, son of Philip Saunders, first coach can I believe it was what seven and twenty four this season. Um, yeah, you gotta kind of feel I, bad for the guy. I mean, you do, but also I think, uh, what do I want to say? Silver lining. Um, I honestly think Minnesota is going to be in a better spot long term, but they're going to have to get rid of Towns. Oh. Mm, uh. They got to get towns. I think they could get something like from one of these, like the Celtics or one of these teams that's panicking right now. You get rid. They'll probably pick towns up for like, like six first round and pick swaps. <laughs> you know, do that whole thing. First round right, this Brandon year, pick swap the, next year. Blah 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 blah. The the, 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 uh, the quintessential sports radio caller. Yeah, just trading for eight first round picks, and you know the money doesn't matter. No, I said six. So three first round picks, three pick swaps. <laughs> I think I think a panicking team would do something that stupid. I think they would do that. I was about to say you have to make money match and salary caps match, Brandon. They have to send like people. And then, well, and then they've got um, they got the young rookie that everyone loves over there. What's his name? Edwards. Uh, Anthony Edwards. Yeah, just had that massive crazy dunk. Yes, that they ended up losing the game. He only had seven points on the day. Whatever. You're on, you're on that side of the ledger, huh? I'm on Tony's side on this. You're on that side of the ledger. I don't believe I can't. Let me you. guess. You're on Mike's side on this. Yes, huh? uh, as somebody who's never been able to dunk and is fascinated by anybody dunking, seeing someone get their world destroyed is way more impressive than harping on the fact that kid only scored seven points in the game. Do you know how many points? Seven uh, points, and they uh, lost the game. Do you know how many points uh, Vince Carter scored when he dunked on that French guy? No, because nobody cares. He dunked on the seven eight French guy. No point counterpoint. Very good counterpoint. I appreciate that. I don't know. Shout out to Vince Carter three eight six Daytona in the building. All day, man. Um, Yeah, I just wanted to touch on that uh, First coach was fired And I thought it was going to be Scotty Brooks And I was wrong Even though Scotty Brooks The the upsetting part about it And then we can get off it um, Was the fact that They they made the trade last year uh, For D'Angelo Russell One of (sighs) Cat's best friends And those two have only played five games Count them You're not hearing me on delay, people Five games together. They've only been on the floor for five games together because they both trade injuries. Apparently, it's very, it's very sad. 
As I like to say, they could get hurt playing chess. <laughs> they could get hurt waking up. <laughs> but um, shout out to Carl Towns and rough year for the young man. Rough year. <laughs> it's been a really rough year. Speaking of getting hurt playing chess, <clears throat> <laughs> you think the Lakers can win this whole thing again, uh, even without Anthony Davis? The whole thing? No. No, 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 no. No? They can survive. Think, they know. can doggy paddle their way into the playoffs and hope that he comes back. Um, they can tread water, yeah. I guess is probably the better way to put it. But um, they cannot. Did you get the final? It? No. No, 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 no. The final prognosis, what was it? It was you said it was just a strain on his Achilles. Um <sighs> I saw that they were gonna reevaluate it in uh, about four weeks. Um I think it was just swelling around the tendon, the Achilles tendon. Yeah, okay. Um, it wasn't an actual that, yeah. tear or anything. But um yeah, they're gonna reevaluate it. I, I I see him being on ice for six to eight weeks, honestly. Just to make sure all the swelling and pressure goes away. Um, get him in a couple games prior to the playoff run and then ramp him back up during the playoffs. But they cannot win it without okay. him. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't. Delavadova's I think LeBron not there. Can, yeah, <laughs> I think LeBron <laughs> can carry them uh, pretty well, but they got rid of so many. Like we talked about this last week, they got rid of so many assets for Anthony Davis that if Anthony Davis isn't on the court, they don't have any of those assets that they got away. Exactly. Um, so I think they have to have him to win. And Utah is on fire right now in the West. By the way, you kept you kept Even shit talking just Utah lose. a couple weeks ago. But um I did. I did. Don't be surprised if the Lakers make a deal for Bradley Bill one. And don't be surprised if they sign Demarcus Cousins. Just saying. Demarcus, yeah. Uh Boogie <laughs> might be back. Boogie Woogie Woogie. Just saying. He might be, be back in the Lakers uniform. Moves. I said Boom. you heard it here first. So All right. Bradley Beal to the Lakers. Anything, anything else on the NBA you want to talk about, Joe? Or I'm no. ready to move on. Uh, again, shout out to 50 Point Murray, first player to get it without a free throw. Let's get it. All right. Time for the game of the week. Game of the week. <laughs> Carson Wentz getting God, traded. Geez. Game of the week. Game of the week. This is the game. The game that is my heart. So I will um, get all of the listeners on the same page. Joe is a diehard Philadelphia Eagles fan. He has been in the discord. Damning them if they do. Damning them if they don't. <laughs> Why would you fire the coach and then get rid of the quarterback? So, Joe, I will give you the floor on this topic because I really could give a shit about Carson Wentz. Well, Brennan, I mean, you said it there. You said, you said it right then and there. Um, you know, we made the move to sign Wentz after the Super Bowl year, getting rid of Nick Foles. I look 100% behind that decision. Carson then poor Said he was the face of the franchise. Sorry, I just wanted to throw that the, in there. It was the face of the franchise. Not a lot of great... Uh, the, the next couple of seasons... Everything just crumbles around him. The world just falls. It's Pompeii and Mount Vesuvius just exploded and whatnot. Uh, everybody's getting frozen in stone and molten lava. No DBs to talk <laughs> about. <laughs> the offensive line is a bunch of statues. The receivers, Deshaun Jackson also got released. He can't say how I forgot he's been on this he's back on the team for two years because he was hurt the year before and he was hurt this year. Came back for an 88 yard touchdown and then it just disappeared into the dust. Um, but Wentz also regressed. Uh, he couldn't hit any drag routes. He couldn't execute any passes out into the flats to the running backs, which is probably the worst part of his game because if he could get those quick balls into people who then can create, it would be a lot easier for him. But then he wouldn't, and he would sit there and just take mind-numbing sack after mind-numbing sack. And then we come to this year where they – like you said, they decide, you know what, Dougie, you're the problem. We're getting rid of you. And we're not going to talk to any of the head coaching candidates that everybody's hyping up. We're going to get a guy who stood next to the guy that Carson loved. We're going to go get that guy. They bring in that guy. That guy has a horrible press conference where he says, we're going we're gonna to make things simple and we're going to make things simple and smart and 
We're not going to complicate things. Like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? So they get that guy because that's the guy that's going to help bring Carson back. Three weeks later, they trade Carson. What was the fuck was the point again? What was the point again? The guy standing next to the guy to work with the guy. What was the... You lost Deuce Staley in the process. One of the most beloved Eagles players and coaches ever because he's like, y'all on some bullshit. So... Deuce. $33 million cap hit, dead money hit that they took, biggest in franchise history. Deuce, Deuce is on the team, and he boogies on his way to Detroit. That's sad. When Deuce said, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to terrible-ass Detroit, that is, that's when you know you're bad, all right? That's when the Eagles know they're bad. Howie, got a lot of fucking shit to prove to me this offseason, all right? It hurts the guy. Are we drafting a quarterback, another quarterback with the sixth pick? It's really going to fuck things up, Howie, all right? Got a lot of dead money. We got no offensive line worth to speak of. Kelsey's probably gone. Lane has no feet. Uh, Jason Peters retired last year and only came back this year because other people got hurt. And all those people are still hurt. So what are we doing, guys? All right. What is our DB situation? All right. I'm done. Joe, I'm actually very happy you brought up the draft. Hold on. on, on. Before Before you execute a Perfectly great segue that I teed up for you. Also, I find it very funny that Wentz has no respect in this league to the point where the <laughs> I think it's uh damn it, what's is it Pittman Jr.? I think he wears eleven for the Colts. He's like, I'm not I'm not giving up my number. <laughs> yeah, and uh I he shouldn't want that number. Um it's the only Speaking number of what, since like high school or some shit. What are the sure. Philadelphia Eagles going to do in the draft? Let's let's pivot and talk about um, draft speculation coming up. As everybody knows, the combine was canceled. Pro days will be held by the colleges, and interviews and um, discussions will be done virtually over Zoom. This brings me to something I really wanted to talk about. Obviously, my Jacksonville Jaguars have the number one pick. Joe, we don't have a quarterback issue. We have Trevor Lawrence coming <laughs> to Jacksonville. Um, but I did want to run down. Still on the Minshew mania. Hey, I love Gardner Minshew with all my heart, but I'm Trevor Lawrence. Football guys don't love him to the back. Uh, but I did want to run through uh, a couple of things. So I've, I've looked at a few different mock drafts. I listen to uh, Todd McShelley and Mel Kuyper's podcast every Tuesday. And there seems to be this. Um, from the record, Greg. What happened? We don't say other podcast name on. No, oh, apologize. <laughs> I didn't say the name. Uh, there seems to be a very big uh, kind of disconnect for a few players. So a couple things I did want to run through with you guys. Um, so. The biggest thing is going to be the quarterback situation. Now, a lot of people are saying that the Jets, uh, some people are saying that the Jets should stick with Darnold, should ride with Darnold, because Darnold actually graded out higher than some of these quarterbacks after Trevor Wilson, i.e. Zach Wilson, Justin Fields. Trevor Lawrence. Um, huh? said Trevor Wilson. Trevor Wilson Zach- is a great talent. You talking about Zach Wilson? Yeah, you said Trevor Wilson. You said Trevor. Oh, did I? <laughs> yeah. Damn. Um, Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson together. So make Sam, a great quarterback. <laughs> Sam Darnold is actually, as far as when he came out, graded higher um, for some of the uh, draft analysts. Anyway, the draft is a crapshoot. Everybody knows that. But I just found it interesting because um, some of the three out of the five mock drafts I looked at now have Zach Wilson, BYU junior, six foot three, two 210 pounds, over Justin Fields as the number two quarterback. Uh, they have him projected to the Jets at number two, which I thought was uh, very interesting. Another thing that I thought was uh, kind of stuck out to me was Jamar Chase will be the, is kind of the consensus first receiver off the, the board. First wide out. Then the, yeah, the LSU wide out over uh, Smith, Devonta Smith out of yeah, Devonta Smith out of Alabama, who won the Heisman, he's projected to go in the teens in a lot of these uh, drafts. They even have Waddle going ahead of him, his teammate. Obviously, they're more prototypical wide receivers. Um, I mean, Waddle's I mean, only five ten, but he's one hundred. I'm pretty sure Chase sat out this year, right? Yeah, <laughs> did not even play this year. Um, but uh, I just wanted to get your take, obviously, on on a couple of these offensive players. Um, what, where are you at? Do you think the Jets should take a quarterback or should ride with Sam Darnold? What, what, what's your opinion on that? 
Um, <laughs> you're really putting me on the spot, Johnny, on the spot here. I know, just um, rapid fire. What do you think? I think the Jets should keep Darnold and build around him. Uh, use yes. that draft yes. capital for We're other the positions. Same person, Joe Torbell. <laughs> Yeah, um, especially with the, on other players, man. Don't yeah, go get, get, on, get offensive line help. Go get a wide receiver or something. Also, yeah. um, just real quick, rapid fire. Last thing I wanted to bring up: Do you, if you need a wide receiver, do you go for the prototypical wideout and Jamar Chase, or do you risk it? With, and I say risk it because Devonta Smith is small. He's like 170 yeah. pounds, soaking wet. He didn't weigh in at his pro day. Um, had they had the combine, he wouldn't have weighed in there. Uh, do you do? You, but he's an awesome talent, super long arms, can catch anything. Probably has a huge dick. Do you uh, take him, or do you take the prototypical wide receiver? Quick, rapid fire. Um, <laughs> Comedy. I'll take. Um, uh, if he, depending on the interview, I'd probably take him because um, everything you're saying kind of reminds me of Steve Smith Sr. Um, but Jamar Chase was pretty magnificent last year with Joe Burrow. Um, so I'd probably go with Chase, but I can see, I wouldn't fault anybody going to Fonta Smith. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I feel the exact same way. Uh, I would probably go with Chase because he's the more on paper prototypical wide receiver. But if you're going to take Devonte, then you, you take him. All right. Last thing we want to talk about in the NFL segment. Whoa, Joe, we're not that show. Um, last thing we want to talk about in the NFL segment, you enlightened me. Yeah. To this <laughs> super bizarro. There's so many questions. I don't know if our listeners had seen the video. Um, so over the last couple of days, over the weekend, Cam Newton was heckled at his football camp by a patron of the football camp. Someone got it on their cell phone video. Um, and it was uncomfortable. Why was it so the uncomfortable, guy, Brennan? So it was uncomfortable for me because, one, you're at, you're at Cam Newton's camp. Yes. You are a guest at his camp. And you're literally shouting at him from the sideline, you trash. Or no, he said, you ass. You a free agent. You ass. And then Cam came back with something I fucking cannot stand. Because you're not rich. He came back with, I'm rich. I see this a lot in the comedy world. Well, the kid then said, he said only he said, (laughs) said, you about to be Poe. Because the kid kept saying that. Yes, you're a free agent, insinuating that now you lose all the money you've accrued throughout your entire career. And Cam's like, no, it doesn't just leave. The money doesn't disintegrate. (laughs) But I was uncomfortable because this guy. And Cam says an Under Armour deal. Go ahead. Um, yeah, New Era really got screwed with not being a combine because New Era is now the new clothing for the combine, not Under Armour. Oh, anymore. really? Yeah, their contract well, that sucks for them. Yeah, but um, I was uncomfortable. One, the kids at his deep dive on how Under Armour just shat the bed. They shat yeah. the bed. I was yeah, they I had to pay like UCLA a bunch of money to. to terminate their contract with them like a whole that sounds like a walk-off kind of thing (laughs) Joe's gonna do no it sounds like an Um, investigative piece by ESPN I'm not doing that shit (laughs) this is it was just weird because the kids at his camp he's at his camp whether he paid to be there or not that's weird you're obviously doing this for attention the thing that bugged me the most though was that Cam was actually going back at him because like I said you see I've seen this before um, and comedy circles where comics will get on and then they'll start getting heckled and they'll be like, man, I already got paid or man, what have you ever done with your life? Or this is my life. Like I'm a, and it makes me so uncomfortable because it's like none of the sort. Cam did the same thing with the, I'm rich. I'm, Oh, I felt that had such douche chill vibes. Like it's a little kid, man. Like just ignore him. Like what? Okay. Brennan. You're a former obviously, MVP. Obviously, we can see we were raised differently. Um, you have a problem with Cam responding to the kid. I have a problem with the kid talking to a grown no, man a, and disrespecting yeah, a no, grown I, man effectively in his own house. 
in my in, in my neighborhood, agree Cam has there. complete license and authority to smack that boy upside the goddamn head. You're gonna talk to a grown man like that. I would have <laughs> I would have been better if he would have hit him across the face than to shout back at him, I'm rich, where's your dad? I'm rich. Mm, I was about to hit say him, just no. Hit him. No, no, hit no, him no, one no. time. You say, Where's your dad? Cause I can't hit you because you a little ass kid. I'm gonna smack your dad and tell him to yeah, put some goddamn sense in your dad. ass. All right. All right, young blood. But yeah, no, I think Cam was in the I complete was just, right. I don't think I don't think Cam was wrong, obviously, because the kid was just being a douche. But I just the way he was like like bow up on him or like do like just to no, shout I'm rich no, no, back. No, 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 I just no. got if you total bow up like on him. Then Cam's uh, threatening the child. You just you know you Cam's made one hundred and fifty million dollars. He can threaten whoever he wants. No, he can't. <laughs> no, 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 no. You don't know what it's like to be black in America. Uh, <laughs> that is not what I meant. <laughs> Uh, but no, he, he had the right response to the kid because the kid was trying to insinuate things and he's trying to let the kid know, like, no, I'm fine. You're here because you want to be where I'm at. All right. So look yeah. at me. You can't be me. Yeah. I was say, look at me and see what you want to be. I'm rich. You're the one paying me to be at my camp, kid. <laughs> I'm never going broke as long as you keep paying to be at my camp. Yeah. <laughs> In the words of uh, the great Tom Segura, you think you can do this? I don't fucking think so. I don't know, Greg, if you listen to the honeydew, but that's one of them kids that need to get punched in the face to learn a lesson. What's the whole podcast rule on this show? Uh, I'll strike that from the record. Um, (laughs) All right. So, yeah, that was we're moving on. Tatis. Fernando Tatis Jr. Fernando Tatis Jr. at what is he? 22, 24? 22. Signs yeah, 22. a 14 year. No, he's 24 because he's going to be 36 when it ended. No, it's you're a right. 14 22. Year deal. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, Fred. I majored, I majored in political science. I don't do numbers. Uh, 14 years, $340 million. Mm. Um, Signed, what was it, four years before he was up? Four for years extension? up for arbitration? Probably even yeah, more. Yeah, well, I guess not more. No, four because, years up for a contract, two years up before arbitration, right? Yeah, two years before arbitration, four years before he's able to go to free agency because last year, even though it was a shortened season, they gave it all the service time. So, yeah. Um, what do we think? Are we proud of the Padres for doing this? I am super proud of the Padres for doing this because this is a complete win-win situation. Um, the issue with giving, with most of the times giving out these contracts, like uh, who's my guy? Betts. Mookie got his deal for I think like ten years. Mookie's twenty-eight right now, so four or five years into that deal, he's gonna we're going to start noticing the decline. It's going to end up being like pool holes yeah. where once he signed that deal with the angels, God, it's like, that was... and that's the end of Albert Pujols. He's going to be hitting his stride at year six of this deal. <laughs> I was say he's going to yeah. be in the prime of his career at year six of this. And then for another three, four years, still be at his prime, the back end, you're going to be paying for past performance, obviously. But if they were to wait on this deal, they would be getting way less production on it. Yeah. And the contract's not backloaded. Like a lot of, a lot of times in baseball, the contracts are back ended and it's like the last three or four years, it's, it's just an albatross to your team. I mean, there's no salary cap. So it just depends on how much the owner wants to spend. But yeah, I think this is genius because you lock him in at a rate. That's not obscene. Like if you do the four and five year deals, then sometimes by the time that five years up, he's hitting his stride. And then it's like, all right, now it's going to cost us $500 million. <laughs> exactly. So I think, like you said, this is a win-win. And like, it was good the on numbers, the Padres for getting it done early. I don't have the numbers, but I think what Mike Trout was 400 over 10 or 400 over 12, something like that. So blocking him at 34 for 14, that's, that is fucking chef's kiss right there. I think Arenado got 300 over eight, and now he's gone. 400 and, 426. 426 over how long? Let me pull it up. I'm pulling it up here, folks. 426. God damn. Mike Charles is a fucking legend at the bank. 
Yeah, that's a lot of money. <laughs> He's a legend at the bank. Jeez, and his team still stinks. And they're never going to make the playoffs. And he still collected them checks. So, uh, He's uh, 12 years, 426 million, signing bonus of 20 million. Average salary is 35.5 a year. So he got it. He got a four. F- <laughs> so it, it, take a what, 80 million dollars off of his and then add two years. So you got Fernando Tatis is fucking. This is a great deal. This is probably one of the greatest deals. There's many teams that are probably kicking themselves in the forehead right now that they didn't give deals like this to some of their players, uh, i.e. Chris Bryant and the the Cubs, who they're going to they're going to have a divorce later this year, either during the season with a trade or at the end of the season. Mookie Betts and the Red Sox, they never wanted to give him his deal. Cleveland and uh, Cleveland baseball team and Fernando and Francisco Lindor, who they traded to the Mets. A lot of these teams didn't want to pay their guys when they're at the peak of their performance and want to wait until they're at the end of their arbitration uh, eligibility. And then they shit the bed or they overpay yeah. the players. So, yeah, that was the thing. This was, is a um, great deal. Yeah, it was only a $10 million signing bonus. Uh, that's crazy. Like he he made out like a bandit on this. And that's that's good on them for getting it done early, like you said. And my favorite thing about baseball contracts, all guaranteed, guaranteed. baby. 100% fully guaranteed, baby. <sighs> funniest stat Speaking about this of, one before I get off. Ooh, funniest stat yeah, about this go, before I get go. off. If you guys remember the Tyler White episode, me and Tyler talked about Bobby Bonilla, who gets paid 1.19 mil every July 1st. Brennan, you know who gets paid longer, even with this deal by Tatis? Bobby Bonilla gets another, even after this deal's over, three more years of Bobby Bonilla getting paid by the Mets. <laughs> wow. God, that's Unbelievable. Insane. God bless Bobby Bonilla. You know who's not getting paid by baseball anymore? Ayo, by the Mets in particular. <laughs> Timothy Tebow. Tim Tebow. Brennan, you got to know a lot about this guy. He's uh, right in your backyard. Played against him. Did you? Oh, yeah. What was that? At the Swamp? Yeah. Ben... Yeah. Ben Force. Yeah, I was at the swamp. That was that ben name Griffin of the Hill. Ben Griffin Hill. Yeah. Oh, Worst place to play is the swamp. <laughs> the people are literally like 10 feet away from you. You can feel their breath on your <laughs> neck. And they spit at you and they say very hurtful things. It's not fun. <laughs> yeah, so yeah played against Timothy Tebow Johnson Tebow is retiring from the His league. His middle name is not Johnson. <laughs> You do this every week. You make me look up people's middle name like a weirdo. Timothy Jeremiah Tebow is retiring from the MLB where he never got called up. Richard. It's Richard. Richard. Okay. Timothy Bartholomew Tebow is retiring from MLB without ever making it to the majors from the Mets. Uh, I think one of those years he probably had a good shot, but then he ended up hurting his thumb. Um, This ends his quest of trying to be America's Jesus Christ. So. I mean, I know they're. They, I know they missed him in Denver when he I left. Was like, Greg has his um, eyes closed. I could see Greg just fuming. <laughs> Greg, what, what was him in the Denver. what was the atmosphere like that that season with Tebow there? Did you were you on board or were you annoyed? Never once was I on board. The ladies loved the pick. Everybody else fucking hated it. He made himself look like a hero by getting the team down early so he could come back and win in the fourth a couple times. <laughs> But he was a garbage. His arm was so ridiculously bad. I can't. He had a horrible uh, left. You heard it here first, Daniel. folks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, him. I forgot. Well, I that was the Josh Florida. McDaniel days. Hated him at Florida. Hated him with the Broncos. It was that draft night. I hated it him was in Florida. A, too. a lot of a lot of broken furniture that that night. <laughs> Wasting wow. a first round pick on Tim Tebow. Yeah. Well, you now he is out at the Mets organization as well. Out of the Mets organization, still getting paid by ESPN and the SEC Network, I believe. So, God, that's hey, crazy. The world yeah, is we're gonna, I mean, can Tim anybody uh, give me an update? Is he still a virgin? Anybody know Tebow's a virgin still? Is that no? Get okay. it on that. Stat boy. Get 
Get IT on that. All right. That's it for all the ba- major news in the kickoffs. We're going to go to the quick hits. And you'll be surprised how quick. And- quick! Mayman hits. Quick hit. All right. First quick hit. Quick hit. Joe. All right. Fulham wins. Go. Oh. Uh, Audio Lookman bags a goal versus Sheffield United to bring us three points within Newcastle. Let's fucking go, boys. Come on, you whites. All right. Greg, this one's for you. Yes, sir. What happened with the pond hockey? First of all, it was not on a pond, but it was outdoors. A beautiful setting, a ice rink set up on the shores of Lake Tahoe. And the Avalanche and Vegas Golden Knights squared off. And after the first period... Avalanche up one nothing. The ice was deemed too dangerous to continue because the sun came out. What is that pesky sun doing shining on the ice, making it soft and hard to skate on, tripping everybody? So they postponed the game for eight hours, returning to the ice at mid- midnight Eastern time, nine o'clock local. Comes where a that, little faster. Where the avalanche took the victory with Nathan McKinnon scoring a goal and two assists. It was still spectacular, though. Like watching, even in the dark, you could see the pine trees behind the benches. And it was just, it was still cool, even though you couldn't see the lake. But then uh, the Flyers and Bruins played the next day at sunset. So during the first period, the sun was setting. And I'm sure the goaltenders loved that. But that was also pretty cool. It was just a nice setup. <laughs> it was fun. Avs won. That was great. They lost tonight, three nothing. But they split the series with the Golden Knights. So it was spectacular, and I hope they Perfect. hope they go back to that area because it was amazing. I was on the 18th green of some golf course. Very cool. Damn! Just got to do it at night next time. Just yeah, do, do all it the suns down. Next time. <laughs> Idiots. Next one. <laughs> I think we're all going to chime in on this one, but the Aussie Open, you know, all I got to say is Ocha Pratna to the Joker for winning. He is now 18 and 0 in semis and finals uh, when it comes to the Aussie Open. Your girl, Joe, your girl, Naomi, Naomi Osaka. Osaka. Beat Jennifer Brady, 6 4, 6 3. Naomi is undefeated when making the quarterfinals of any major, uh, and this is her fourth major title victory uh, last week she beat Serena in a very very contested match um, still hoping for 24 but Naomi the pride of Japan and Haiti let's go Novak Djokovic the pride of Serbia Novak Djokovic the pride of COVID parties oh get out of here <laughs> uh, all right, last one. This is fight night. So this is you and Greg all day long. I'm going to step night. back and let you take it away. Greg. Yes, so, sir. folks, I got a mess. I got two messages about this fight. I got one from my brother saying, did you see what that fight? You going to let me tee it up? You going to let me tee it up? I say, what are you talking about? He says, Oscar Valdez versus Miguel Burchett. Burchett. And I'm like, what? I'll check it the next day. Burchett? Burchett. I was like, I'll check it the next day. Next day, I get a message from Greg. Joe, did you watch the fight? I'm like, what is happening? Okay, I was like, I guess I have to watch the fight. I've watched it this morning, Greg, but I'll let you take the lead. Yes, this is for uh, Miguel Burchelt, the defending champion, great fighter, Mexican descent, Mexican citizen. Oscar Valdez, also Mexican, although born in the United States, but grew up in Mexico, undefeated, coming in against Miguel Burchelt, the heavy favorite to win this fight. But Valdez was having nothing of it in the fourth round. Valdez hit him in the top, well, the side top of the head, and the dude lost his equilibrium. He could <laughs> barely stand up. He was stumbling. He was stumbling. It was the end of the round. He stumbled to the bit. Is that the one where he fell into the ropes? Yeah, it was a technical knockdown, fell into the ropes, stumbled okay. to his stool, got up stumbling in the fifth round, but then recovered and put on a pretty good contest for the next few rounds. But that left hook got him in the 10th, knocked Oof. him out. It was scary. Thought he was dead. Got him in the ninth. Well, was, he started in the ninth, and they could have stopped it in the ninth. But yeah. the 10th was the uh, the knock, the literal knockout the tenth, blow. He hit him with a devastating, faint, faint 
He slipped two punches, came up with a clean left hook right to the upper forehead temple area. And my guy, Bertelt, crumbled. His body, like Lego pieces, just disintegrated one by one. His legs, his shoulders, his body, his head hit the canvas. I, I literally sat and watched the replay, and I was like, I I don't think this guy died, right? They would have they would have said this. I would I can't be watching a death they right here. Stopped it. Uh, <laughs> I was, it was like, it I was, can't be watching a death right now, right? It was at the bell, so the referee was walking towards him to stop the the round, and they fell. They tried to catch him as yeah. he was falling to the canvas and couldn't catch him, and he hit. It was scary. He was uh, down for a while, and then once he recovered, it was nice. Of uh, Valdez came down over for and, a good bit. It was a it was a it was a nice moment, Valdez. Yeah, they had a little conversation, and it was uh, yeah. That's it was one an thing upset. I love Damn. about um, the fight game. The one thing I love about the fight game is the amount, the immense amount of respect that the two fighters have for each other. Unless it's somebody like Conor McGregor who's being like flippantly disrespectful to the other person. Um, normally, nine times out of nine. Um, that's a weird way to say it, but <laughs> 10 times out of 10, the other fighter will go and embrace the other fighter. Um, even after the match, even after these guys have been slugging it out for so long, but they know the work they put in. So it's, it's, it's so much respect and it's, it's good to see that, you know, people can be civil, even though they're in an uncivil game. Beautiful fight night, baby. We're, we're just steaming on through. We're just, we're going. Quick we are finally rolling. quick. <laughs> Yeah, quick hits are finally quick. All right. Time for the final portion of the podcast. It will be the walk-offs. Welcome to the big leagues. All right, the walk-off portion will be a short essay, uninterrupted by myself and by Joe. I went first last week, so Joe, you're up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Greg. You can shut up, too. All right. So my walk of this week is entitled Speak Up. All right. Start this off with a little bit of news, a little bit of news. Ken Mather, now disgraced ex-CEO of the Mariners, had to step down from his position because he took time out of his. He took time out of a Zoom breakfast meeting with fans to insult and shame people within his own organization for essentially not being English-born speakers. He brought up the name of Hisashi Ikuma. Yeah, I got it right. Uh, And he loathed... uh, 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 He brought up the name of Hisashi Ikuma because he loathed paying for an interpreter for this Japanese-born player who was once a great player for the organization and is now a coach in the organization. He also disparaged a young man by the name of Julio Rodriguez, a Dominican prospect, saying his English was not tremendous, which if we're going to critique, that was not a tremendous sentence. That's a carbon. That's a (laughs) quote from the guy. That was a poor way of phrasing, poor phrasing. But anyways, this is a young player who, learned English as a second language and has opted to all his interviews and media avails in English. Uh, so the kid took a lot of pride in being able to speak English and displaying it. Uh, this struck a chord with me. My mom, who taught herself to read and write in English, making it her third language behind Creole and French, often sought assistance from me or my brothers because she didn't want to misunderstand anything and she didn't want to be misrepresented. I would love to hear all the I would I would love to hear all my favorite fighters, baseball players and other athletes who are non-English speakers speak English. But instead, they opt for a translator. But it is about comfort in knowing they won't be taken out of context or being misquoted or being misquoted. The reason these athletes don't choose to speak for themselves is the fear of misspeaking. They don't want to say the wrong thing in, fr- in the heat of a moment trying to grasp Trying to grasp your thoughts in a foreign language is not easy. Try going to a different country where you don't speak the native tongue and try to navigate your life. I implore you, it is not easy. I know from experience. So when people in society, just not in sports, tell someone to speak English, consider the shame and loneliness that person feels in the moment. 
It is xenophobic. It is xenophobic. And there's no place in our society. America is the so-called land of the free. And no way and nowhere does it say speaking English is a requirement. Beautiful. Sorry, I laughed. That was just really funny, no, and I wasn't was, on mute. That was meant to be laughed at. He told this. He said he's not a tremendous English speaker. And it's like, well, that's not a tremendous. You're sentence, not a sir. tremendous. <laughs> like you, fucking jackass. Oh, that was good. I like that. All right, time for my walk off. Kind of sad. I think I'm gonna cry, and there's no one really on the Twitch stream. But that's okay. <laughs> We're here for you, buddy. Oh, no. I, I'm blacking you guys out on this one. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> My walk-off is entitled, Nothing in the World. My name is Brennan Tassif. I am a recovering alcoholic, comedian, and I would like to think a decent former athlete. No one outside my circle of friends, acquaintances, and this podcast network would know my name. Why would they? I did not break records or play football professionally. I've been doing comedy for over a decade, but nothing has gone viral or is so funny that it got me noticed. I'm just a regular guy like everyone else, or so I would hope. Unfortunately, I am reminded every time I lose a former teammate or a tragic news story is reported of a former athlete dying in a horrific and often avoidable way, maybe I'm not as regular as I had hoped. The last time I drank alcohol was a few days after my 30th birthday. My sobriety date is May 31st, 2018. The last drunk was one of the worst few days of my life. I will not go into the whole story. I will say there was a lucid moment when I looked in my bathroom mirror and thought, this is how it will end. I will die here, cold, naked, and alone, and that's exactly what I deserve. I was fortunate and found by a friend and rushed to the hospital. I survived, but sadly, that is not always the case. I have touched on some of my mental disorders and past walk-offs. I have cried over the suicides and pointless deaths of people many times before. The sad fact is, this most recent loss is not a new thing. But why? Why is it there are guys who played one of the most violent positions in sports at the highest level, linebacker in the NFL, for over a decade, and are the most articulate and intelligent people on a broadcast? For example, Teddy Bruschi. Contrary to that, you have the tragic story of Junior Seau. Big names aside, there was a six-round pick who only played two years in the NFL and died from an overdose at 27. Do you, uh, do you know his name? I bet you don't. It was Tyler Sash. There are so many deaths by suicide or accident for former athletes, almost all of which come exclusively from the most violent sports imaginable, football, hockey, and boxing. These are the sports with the most brain damage. Is uh, these are the sports where the most brain damage is incurred throughout your career. The reasoning for it, on an extremely basic surface level, is simple and incredibly discouraging. Everyone's brain is different. For more on that, you can listen to our sister podcast on the New Low Network, the Misbehavior Journal Club. I say discouraging because I cannot receive a firm yes or no from doctors about my long-term prognosis. CTE is a, very, uh, is, is a very real part of life for anyone who has played football at any or any high impact sport for an extended period, not just former NFL players. The extent of the damage of that disease seems to differ person to person. I grew up with anxiety and depression, but at the ripe old age of 22, I started developing strange tics, massive mood swings, night terrors, and seizures. <laughs> I had originally left football because I had racked up too many severe concussions that I was comfortable with. I was nothing more than a scout team player, so I was informed it was in my best medical interest to hang up my pads. I thought I had gotten out in time, but because every brain is different, I do not know. I have been and do currently see a neurologist at least once a year I started uh, since I started having these symptoms, but it's almost just to make myself feel more at ease because there's nothing they can really do. They just test and retest and test some more. What I do know is that feeling of uselessness that came after football. Without football, I was nothing. My depression and anxiety got worse, and I started self-medicating with drugs and alcohol. This created a massive problem. The injuries I sustained 
to my brain were only made worse by all the foreign chemicals I was ingesting to try and feel better. This is what led to the accelerated rate of all the symptoms. I did have a tremendous amount of research to articulate my point that many athletes feel the same way after sports, but it was just too sad to say out loud. I did just want to reiterate how devastating the feeling is wanting to die. Thinking that that's all you have left and to reach out to people and let them know that's not your only option. I know that because I wanted to. It came remarkably close to it. I am privileged now to be 10 years removed from any massive head injuries and coming up on three years removed from drugs and alcohol, which has only helped my long-term health. I am reminded by friends, Joe, and family whenever I see tragedy like the most recent case with Vincent Jackson that I only played 10 years and it was just through college and it was so long ago that I am probably going to be fine. They are more than likely right. Statistically, what they say makes sense. That does not stop me from worrying, though. Every time uh, I drop my keys or forget what I walked into the kitchen for, my first thought is, you're an idiot. But my next thought almost always is, is this it? Is this the moment? Is this when everything changes? Of course, that is hyperbolic of me, but I still cannot help but think it. I had a blood relative recently die from ALS that never played a contact sport in her life. So that also lingers over my head like a death sentence with all of this said and with accomplishing so little in the grand scheme of football and in life, if I could do it all over again, it wouldn't change a thing because it is the reason I am who I am today. Trauma and all in the end of, or in the end, all we have are our stories and there's nothing I would trade for mine. Nothing in the world. I drop That's my it. keys all the time. I, I always forget when I walk in the kitchen. I didn't play a down of football. <laughs> it's just weird because it's one of those things where it's like, no, people forget shit all the time. But I'm like, yeah, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it has to be scary knowing that is. It's just oh, whenever yeah. I see it, it's. I was talking to my girlfriend about it before we came on the show. It's like whenever I see those stories, I'm like. Yeah, I know a lot of people die from suicide and I know it's tragic. It's like, but it's just the numbers. Dude, when I did the research for this, I was like bawling. Dude, there's mm-hmm. like so many cases of boxers and even baseball players, hockey players, like just, uh, mm-hmm. it, was, it was terrible. Yeah, but I mean, the, I, I, the, re, the, uh, the difference I'll say is you're acutely aware and like you revealing that you you see a neurologist once a year, I don't know how many people are really oh, uh, yeah, I do. taking into stuff. their their mentals like that and checking up on themselves that frequently. I think a lot of that stuff is stuff that just goes unchecked. Um, yeah. So being proactive and doing the work, I think, is probably going to bode well for you in the long run. And always yeah. remembering to reach out to the people around you. You're welcome. <laughs> It was just as I was writing it, I was like, because you literally were like, yeah, but that was so long ago. (laughs) So I was like, I got to put that in there. Anyway, that was mine. Sorry, it was depressing. But after Vincent Jackson died alone in a Homewood Suites, I was like, I got to fucking say something. Yeah. All right, P. Vincent. Thank you for the press conference, Rick. And we'll bring you the press conference in its entirety. Time for the press conference. Joe, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Dorville. You can find my hip-hop album TV by Headphone Joe. No O, no E. You can find the socials for this podcast at Hearing Press. And be on the lookout for TV2 uh, sometime oh, in April. Sometime in April. I will watch you as we get closer to the date. Awesome. Right. My Dang man, dropping albums. Um... I am a comedian. <laughs> hey, did you guys like the plug I threw in there for misbehavior? Journal I did. Club, I, uh, you didn't see it because you took us off, and I was like, "Nice one." Um, uh, Brennan T Comedy, uh, Brennan T Comedy dot com. All social media is Brennan T Comedy. Check out my other podcast. It's up here on the Twitch stream. Uh, Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. We talk about drinking stories, getting arrested stories, drug stories, getting in trouble stories. It's a good time. It's a comedy podcast. It's a lot of fun. Most of the stories are pretty fun. Uh, this week is going to be super sad, but most of the time it's a lot of fun. 
Anyway, uh, L. Greg, take us home. Check out a new low, our flagship podcast on the network, and with five really funny guys, really funny. Like five of us are really funny. Just come Four check really it out. Funny. Four and, really uh, <laughs> but uh, everything on the Little Network, we appreciate all of you. We appreciate all of you for listening and sharing it with your friends and family. And keep doing so. We appreciate it. Bye bye. Yeah, Brennan, take us out. That's why we play the game. Hello. Hello. Huge shout out, Michelle Roberts. One in a million. As I say, it's your shout out this week, baby. That was the last one I got. (laughs) Taking them back next week. You have been listening to the Anulo Podcast Network. We have four tremendous podcasts on our current roster. If you like the hit Broadway musical Hamilton, then you also might enjoy hearing the Ham Boys rank every song from the Hamilton soundtrack on Who Does a Podcast with hosts Headphone Joe and Kyle Loader. Get your sports talk radio fix with Cheers from the Press Box featuring Headphone Joe Dorville and stand-up comedian Brennan Tassif. Curious about how the brain works? Get your neuroscience knowledge with some laughs at Misbehavior Journal Club. This fortnightly science-slash-comedy podcast is where two lady researchers bring you the latest studies on behavior. It stars Amiel Moreno and Leah, a.k.a. Leah, or vice versa, Crevet. Finally, we have a new low. The podcast has started it all. This show features Farzad, Headphone Joe, Kyle Loader, L. Greg, and Scott by Scott. They discuss anything and everything depending on their moods or their level of sobriety at the time. Thank you for supporting the Anulo Network, and feel free to share your favorite episodes with friends and family. Thanks again, and goodbye.